another edition of the Lakers Locker Room. I'm your co-host, Tejon Graham. Alongside me is my guy, the one, the only, Mr. Jason Little. Jason, how are you doing today, my man? Fantastic. Thank you, Tejon. So we got another great guest for you guys here today. He's going to his fifth year at Nibisync, his first year in the Teachers College program, and a member of the men's volleyball team. Please welcome to the Lakers Locker Room, Jeremy Murray. Jeremy, how are you doing today, my man? Not doing too bad. How are you guys? We're good, man. Excited to have you on, man. So let's Thanks, get right always. into this. So 2020 was obviously a mess of the year. We're over halfway through 2021 now. You know, looking back throughout the whole time, you know, what's the one thing you would say you learned about yourself during the quarantine, you know, everything that happened throughout the year and all that? Yeah, I think one of the big things that you learn as like, especially as an athlete, like your whole life, like the last, you know, four years, it's always been, you're with the team. It's always with the team. Everything you do is with the team. Uh, one thing with COVID is all of a sudden that team's kind of gone. You know, you're, you're, you're still there, the team. You can still, you know, you're still talking to each other, but you're not spending every day with them anymore. And you got to really learn, like, with COVID and really, like, myself kind of taught me to kind of, like, I found roommates where, like, none of my roommates are on the team. They're all a couple guys put on their lacrosse team. And then, so it's just kind of bring, get some friendships that are outside of the team and kind of give an outside perspective. Because oftentimes, like, when you're in a team, you kind of have that mentality of, you know, like that's your whole life is sports, sports, sports all the time. You know, it's sports and then school. So you got a couple friends from, you know, classes and then all your friends are school. I mean, uh, sports. So all of a sudden when you like with COVID happens, it's like, all right, and I'm not seeing the guys anymore. Like, what do I do? And I think the big thing is at first, you know, you're always kind of like, well, uh, like mentally it's kind of tough on you because you're, you got nothing. Uh, and it really forces you to kind of push yourself and kind of put yourself out there and be like, all right, now I got to, you know, I got to find, you know, new friends. I got to find, make new friendships. And I think like, that's one thing that like, you know, there's, there's some negatives of COVID and some positives. And that's one of the positives that kind of like opened up my eyes and be like, all right, like you got to kind of wake up and let's make some new friends and kind of, you know, you're still friends with the volleyball guys. Of course, you know, you're not, you're not ever going to lose those friendships. Those friendships are for life. But, you know, you can make other friendships, too. You know, there's not, no such thing as a limit of how many friends you can make. So I think, you know, that's one of the things with COVID, for sure. We've talked about it many times, the uh, identity crisis with sports. And you kind of mentioned it in a different perspective than usual. A lot of the time we uh, will kind of attach ourselves to the sport. And then once the sport's gone, that's all they care about. But I actually never thought of it the same way you did. And I'm, I'm starting to realize it more and more, especially in my move-out process of school. Um, yeah, the friendships you make and once you, you think they're only friends with you because I play this sport or, you know what I mean? Now, have you had like any experience with the other, other side of an identity crisis for the sport with COVID? You know what? I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't think I've never really had too much of that problem where I think when I was younger, definitely, you know, like sports was pretty much my only kind of like the only thing I did, you know, it was always just sports. Uh, but I think like the last couple of years, when you're starting to come to university naturally, like sports are that big thing, but then, you know, school also gets up in there. So you, I don't think that identity crisis is as big as like you, you'd think all the time. Um, you know, I think maybe, you know, your first two years when you're still kind of getting comfortable with everything, really like sports is that one thing kind of keeping you together. But I think, you know, with, with the program that we do um, with our volleyball team, we're really good at, you know, we're not, we're not only we're making us like good athletes, but we're just making ourselves ready for like the outside world so you know i don't i don't really necessarily think i got that other kind of identity crisis like i definitely got the idea of like when you don't you're not you're not practicing every day that routine you kind of lose that um and it is very tough to kind of get back into it like i know training camp this weekend like mentally like last week i was like oh man like 
you know, if I'm mentally ready to get back into it, like it's been a while, but then, you know, you get, you go back first day and it just feels normal again. Mm -hmm. So I don't think something necessarily you lose, but you know, it's it's something that like, it is a part of you that's missing. For sure. I definitely find with the volleyball culture, for sure. You guys are just different when it comes to your relationships with each other. I know with, you know, especially in basketball can be very clicky and a lot of other sports can experience that, but I've always noticed walking down the halls, it's like every one of you guys is like best friends with each other. And it always seems like, you know, you're you're always in the loop of everything. So I give you guys huge kudos for that. Yeah, and I think I think that just also comes down to the sport itself. Like basketball, I guess like you can be a star player and kind of do your own thing. Volleyball, like even if you're a star player, like you can't do your own thing. Like you have other guys, like in volleyball, it's three passes. Like one guy's got to pass, the other guy's got to set you like, you have two guys you got to at least lean on. Like you can't do everything yourself. And I think that kind of comes down to, you know, same thing as soccer. Soccer, you can, you know, you can grab the ball and try to run it the whole way by yourself. Like it's not good, but you can do that. Volleyball, you can't. Like you can't just do everything by yourself. So I think like by having to lean on each other kind of gets those really close friendships. As someone who's been at Never Seen at the time, you know, for four years now, this is your fifth year here. You're obviously used to obviously the the routine going to athletics center, you know, you see people, you say hi, you get to go to the change room, you get to have all these different interactions. Whereas when we came into it last year with obviously at the peak of COVID, we, a lot of the stuff was different. Like once we came on campus, we had to wear a mask, you know, we had to sign paperwork, like we couldn't use our locker room. So a lot of the things were different. So for you personally, how were you able to adjust to the different routine that we had to go through as athletes last year when there was no season? I think the big thing is try to like find little things that you do um, that, you know, you did before with everything open, just try to those little things, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, I remember I used to go to practice quite a bit early, kind of chill in the team room, you know, play some music and stuff. So now I couldn't do that. So all I would do is, you know, just chill at like at my house, play music before instead. You know, just small little things where, you know, you kind of like necessarily don't have to, you know, you can do the same kind of thing that you did before when you had all the things open, but you know, you can kind of, kind of change it up. Like, before you could go to like therapy, you know, kind of hang out, get yourself taped, all that. And then with COVID, that kind of changed. You kind of had to get appointments. So, you know, you just do it differently. You get some teammates to kind of tape you up. Um, so, you know, you kind of just adapt. I think that's a big thing as an athlete. You just naturally learn to kind of adapt uh, and up to things like that. You know, you're used to where, where like you're playing a game, all of a sudden, you know, some guy who you didn't really game plan against comes in the court. And next thing you know, you got to adapt to that guy. So. I think it's the same thing with COVID. You just had to adapt a bit. And yeah, it was, you know, it can be a little harder um, for sure. Like there's a lot of things you miss, you know, you miss a team room, you miss a lot of like the, the stuff that kind of athletic therapy, a lot of stuff that kind of helps you. Um, but, you know, I don't, I think in the end, it's you, once you get on the court, it's all the same. We talk about it all the time here on the podcast, but the reason why Jason and I rebranded the podcast name to the Lakers locker room is because you probably know as an athlete, all our best conversations happen in the locker room. And based on personal experience, only being here really my first year because last year was kind of a wash. The locker room is really a vital part of the team's success because that's where that's where you really get to get to know guys, build team chemistry, stuff like that. You know, Jason talked about you guys are pretty close in a group. So just based off of your experience, talk a bit about how vital the locker room has been over your time and to leading to your success on the court yeah no for sure like locker room is it's where everything starts you go there before practice like we're there we have a meeting before every practice in there with our coach but even then you know that's where we go in we kind of we're getting changed we hang out we have some music blast in kind of thing before games of course that's where we get hyped you know we, we, we play some music again like it's always you know kind of that spot where everyone hangs out before 
and it kind of you know even if we're not necessarily having any deep conversations just we're just there we kind of like feed off each other's energy kind of thing you know you can when you get in the locker room like you see if you see one guy who you know you can tell his energy levels are down everyone else is going to come up and like kind of boost him up for practice because then once you get on the practice you don't have to worry about that it's kind of little things where you get it out in the team room and then once you're on the on the court you just don't worry about that anymore you just focus on playing so like I said, last year, the 2020-21 season was, there was no season, it was a wash, but we got news that this year there's going to be a 21-22 season, and we're just about to get ready to start that season with all the teams, specifically with your team. How excited are you that there is going to be a season this year? Oh, so excited. It's going to be a blast. Like, uh, the big thing, the big thing is, like, we've had a, we, like, we haven't played an actual game in, what, like a year and a half now, then so it's pretty much, like, it's anyone's game. Like we have no idea what the other teams are up to. We have no idea like what they've recruited. Cause you know, like recruiting doesn't stop, even though like we didn't play last year, like new guys are always coming in, like older guys are leaving. So like the teams are going to be completely different. Like a lot of older guys, you know, a lot of fifth years, they're staying an extra year. So, you know, like, like myself, like, you know, we're all going to be six years playing. So like, I think the level, the, the, the skill level in general is going to be much higher. Like I think, of course, like for us right now, like everyone's a little rusty because we haven't practiced in like eight months. But, you know, I think in general, like we had that full year to kind of train ourselves, get stronger. So I think in general, like the skill level is going to be way higher than it used to be, uh, you know, and then you have all the older guys staying, you got all the new guys. So of course, then the young guys are competing with the old guys to play, which is pushing the older guys. So the older guys are going to play better. The younger guys are going to play better. It's just going to be a better. I think it's just going to be a really good year. Like I think we're going to see some good fights out of all teams. And I have absolutely no idea like which team is going to win or anything. It's going to be, I think it's going to be good. And that's exciting. Touch on the uh, training for you guys. I swear to God, you guys are the bounciest athletes I've ever seen. I had a couple of your teammates. They like pulled up to practice and they're windmilling. Can you take us through like a day in, a day in one of your workouts, like for, you know, your explosiveness, your, your sports athletes? Yeah, for sure. So volleyball, we jump a lot. So naturally, like when we're actually fully practicing and playing, we don't actually do that much plyo. Plyo is a little bit more kind of the summer kind of thing when you're not playing. Because uh, naturally when you jump, you know, you're jumping on average. Like we, we have a, a bird trackers that we wear when we practice. On average, like sometimes I was a middle blocker, I'll jump sometimes up to 150 times <laughs> practice. So just things like that. Uh, just naturally that helps your jumping abilities. Um, and then, you know, in the gym, you do the classic, you know, deadlifts, uh, squats, cleans kind of thing. Uh, like cleans is probably the biggest uh, workout for a volleyball player, just the kind of the full body explosiveness. Um, and we kind of just go through different phases. Like right now, our phase is kind of an explosive, very quick tempo phase. Like our squats are like 60% 1RMs, like as fast as you can for seven seconds. Um, but just little small things like that. That's what really helps kind of get, you know, your bounce. Um, it's also a different like volleyball it's not less of a cardio sport so we don't necessarily run as much and running does kind of remove some of your bounce and as basketball players you guys do run a lot so you know when you're when you're running a lot you get tired and naturally you're just not going to jump as much us it's everything's explosive we do sprints but we're, we're never really running anything like long distance you know you touched on it before this question but the good thing, and we talked about this before we got on the air, like the good thing about this season, like you said, is like, it's a fresh new landscape. Like you don't know who got recruited, like guys got better. Like the good thing about the pandemic was guys like myself who had a rookie season that might not have been amazing or great. Like we had the opportunity to have a whole year to redevelop. 
So now they're going to our third year of school, but really second year eligibility. Like we're really going to have the opportunity to really excel. And I know talking to some of your guys on your team, like, there's a lot of guys who registered their first year. So this is really going to be their first time to actually play. And they're like in their third year. So it's like two years of not playing. So can you imagine just, first of all, the development that they're going to have, plus the fact that they're hungry because they haven't played for two years on top of, you know, like I said, the pandemic and all this type of stuff. So I'm really excited to see all these teams and all these sports, like I said, really see who win, because like I said, you don't know who's going to win. Like the same teams that dominated in the past might not dominate now because those guys that really helped build those culture are now gone. And other guys from different teams are going to step up and really become emerging stars in the OEA and new sports. So I'm really excited to see all the teams and all just have a great season for every team. Cause I know a lot of guys are really excited. So it's going to be a great year, but we were talking all about this too, you know, as someone who's, you know, late in the career, like you're in your fifth year here, you have the opportunity to be a captain and you said you didn't, like you said, you prefer to be a leader. Why is that? I think the big thing is, I don't think you necessarily, like, I think captain's really just a title that you have. Um, like you get some extra responsibilities as a captain, of course, like in volleyball, you know, you gotta go sign like the sheet before and everything, um, you know, like, you know, coach when he will have captain meetings, things like that. Um, for myself, it's just, I'd rather focus on the court, like kind of leadership. Um, that's kind of my thing. I've never been a big off the court leader kind of guy. Um, you know, for myself, I've always been very kind of, you know, you focus on kind of yourself off the court once you're on the court and all of a sudden, you know, it's, I, for myself, it's, I'm, I always been, and I've told my coaches before, I like to lead by example kind of thing. I mean, I'm not the guy, like one of our big, one of our big themes for our team is keeping accountability. Um, and that's something like, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm necessarily very good at it. Um, just because for myself, I prefer kind of to show by example. So, you know, I go on the court and naturally like just, I can rally the guys by just, you know, by just playing my game kind of thing. And of course, you know, I can go out there and push all the guys and, as an older, you know, as I've been there for a couple of years now that like, you know, the younger guys is when we go to practice and I notice anything, I can kind of just coach them through things too. You know, it's, I don't think you necessarily need to be a captain to kind of help coach. Um, and it's just really just being a leader on the court. That's kind of what I want to do. Um, so for me, you know, captain's really just kind of a term. Um, and, you know, you get some extra responsibilities for me. It's I'd rather just be a leader and kind of focus on, you know, the sport. I totally agree with what you said, because like you said, like the captain is just a title. Like it's really just the C on your chest. Like you can have the, the C on your chest, but like, does that really mean you're the captain in terms of like you said, and we talked about this off the air too. Like in terms of having like being a leader, like leaders have to have like the intangibles. Like you need to be able to, like you said, like you said, you can also show lead by example, but you also sometimes have to be vocal. Like you have to be able to rally at you, but like you need to have that respect in the locker room. But like you said, the respect in the locker also starts with, like you said, showing it by example, because no one's going to want to, even if you're the captain, you have like the senior chest, as coach says, like no one's going to want to follow you if you're like the last guy at practice, the first one to leave, slacking off in weight, not playing hard. Like no one's going to really look at you like a real captain because like, okay, bro, like, yeah, you're named the captain, but like, are you really the captain? Like, bro, like you're, you're really here for yourself and you're not trying to put the work in. Whereas some like yourself, like even if you don't have the captain, like you said, you lead by example, like you do whatever it takes to win, right? Like those stuff those intangible is what's really going to help the team excel because they're going to see that from you and be like oh okay like this guy's you know he's showing professionalism like he's here to compete like he's here to work hard like he's showing us the way to be a successful student athlete so it's really great that you have that approach and like you said like i said man like some people think that just because you're the captain think oh automatically people have to respect you like respect is earned like you don't just come into practice and think that oh man's have to respect you right away and we had this conversation last year too 
is that when you come into, and you might agree with this too, like when you come into your first year, if you're like the guy on your team, whether it's basketball, soccer, hockey, football, like you have that kind of entitlement thinking that, you know, I was the big shot at my school. I'm coming here now. People should automatically give me that respect. It's not how it really works. Like once you, like you're, you're probably at the top of the totem pole in your high school, but then once you come into university, it's a whole new different setting. So now all of a sudden you're at the bottom of the totem pole and you have to work your way up. So I think it's really important that as leaders that you have to let some of these guys know sometimes who might be entitled, who are trying to show, who are trying to do other things like, yo, like, you gotta, you gotta put the work in to eventually get the respect. Like, you might get that simple respect just as a human being, just because anyone that's a nice person would like to give that simple respect, but you just have to let them know, say, listen, bro, like, you gotta come here, you gotta work hard, like, nothing's gonna be given to you, like, you can't just come in and just slack off because that's not acceptable here. And I think, like, yeah, for sure. yeah, I think by showing by example, like, you know, like, <laughs> like like I said, you don't have to be uh have to see any chest to show that. It's like the yeah, conversation of what's the difference between a manager and a leader, right? Like yeah, you can be titled as a manager and not do your work like do the actual work, hand off all the tasks to your your employees and whatnot, and just make your salary, or you can lead and actually help excel your department or whatever it is you're working for. Right. There's the difference between one's gonna be successful and the other's just taking advantage of a title. And I think the other thing is just like, you doesn't matter what year you are. You can be a leader in first year. Like I've seen guys on our team where they come up first year and they bring, you know, a lot of leadership qualities. You know, sometimes, you know, some of these guys, they might not always be, you know, you can tell they're first year. So of course, you know, they're not, not, you know, fully there, you know, skill level wise, but you know, they're, they're still pushing everyone else. And that doesn't matter. You know, you don't have to be necessarily like, you know, there's a big difference between a first year and a fifth year when it comes to skill. You know, a fifth year is going to have so much more experience and everything, but a first year does have different point of views. So they can bring a certain point of leadership that, you know, the fifth year maybe didn't see. So, and then the other thing is a first year can push a fifth year. So like I was saying earlier before the pod started is, you know, first year comes in and is just like going hard at the gym. This fifth year who, you know, hasn't really been working out all of a sudden they're going for the same spot in the court. So now coach is looking at, okay, the first year, you know, Skill-wise, he's a little bit more rusty and, you know, not fully kind of developed yet, but he's put in much more effort than the fifth year who's, you know, who's kind of plateaued. He hasn't really gotten better. It's like all of a sudden now you got that fight between both. And then, you know, you got to see if is the fifth year going to kind of take, you know, the, the first year's invitation to kind of step up and push himself or, you know, is he just going to kind of let the first year kind of take his spot? Just small things like that where all of a sudden, you know, that, that first year, even though like he's not necessarily a leader or a captain on the court, all of a sudden he's showing leadership quantities. So, you know, there's, there's things like that that happen all the time. Mm-hmm. No doubt. What do you think it's going to take for you guys to really take that next step? Because you guys have been to playoffs. You guys, I think you probably won a couple of games in the playoffs, but in order to really reach the top of the top, you know, with winning an OEA championship, going to nationals and winning a national championship, what do you think it's going to take for you guys to really take that next step this year? Yeah, I think that really comes down to like just consistency. Like we're one of those teams where when we play well, of course, we can compete with any of the, you know, the top teams in the OUA. Like, and that's, that's just kind of the reality of, you know, a sport like volleyball where if any team plays well, they can win. Uh, the difference between, you know, let's say Mac and, you know, us is Mac is always going to play well. You know, when Mac plays bad, they're still playing better than, you know, you know our average. When we're playing well and Mac's playing well, it's going to be pretty close. You know, it's always going to be, we've, we've had very good close games with Mac. Same thing with like, let's say UFT. We've always had very close games with them. And UFT, I think, finished either, I think they finished second at OUAs last year, uh, two years ago. So, you know, things like that, where it doesn't really necessarily matter, but it's just kind of that consistency, you know, it's, and the experience. So the big thing is a team like Mac, 
has a lot of confidence when they come on the court, especially when it comes to playoffs. They have that experience. They've won OUA. Like, they've won nationals. Like, they, they know how to win. A team like us, like, we won the collegiate nationals back in 2012. But, you know, none of the guys on our team currently have been are from, you know, 2012, of course. So it's kind of we don't have that winning experience, I would say. And I think it's slowly getting there with the fact that we've made the playoffs the last two years is we're slowly getting where we're getting that kind of confidence in our team, you know, and naturally like the confidence kind of transfers over. So let's say your fifth year kind of goes to, you know, nationals or stuff. They have that confidence. It pushes over to the first years. So it kind of just always moves forward. And like teams like Mac, you know, a lot of those guys on Mac, they've never gone to nationals, you know, but they automatically have that confidence because they're, you know, they're playing for Mac. So it's kind of the thing where, you know, well, I think once you start getting that confidence, it's going to be like, all right, we're playing for NIP. Like automatically you're like, all right, we're going to national kind of thing. It's like you mm-hmm. just get that winner mentality where it's like, all right, like it doesn't matter, you know, like, like we're, we're, we're a good team. Like we, we can make a nationals no matter what, like, you know, oh, you get a bad game, who cares? Like, you know, you just get that confidence and, you know, it kind of pushes you through where like you get one bad game, but you just bounce right back. And like the thing right now is, you know, I, I've noticed it from my first year to like even, you know, two years ago a big difference where, you know, you lose a game and sometimes, you know, you, you lose a couple more games. It kind of just keeps going, you know, and then when you win games, you kind of get on that winning streak, but a team like Mac, they'll win games. They might lose one and then they'll win games again. You know, they're not, they're not going through these streaks. And like, I think that's something as our team, like once we get kind of more, you know, comfortable with being in like, like tight, like hard situations, like playoffs, you're going to kind of remove that. You lose a game and then you just bounce right back. Um, you know, and that's the big thing. It just comes down to, I think, you know, getting that, those playoff experiences. And you can say the same thing with a lot of professional sports. Let's say NBA, you know, like the Raptors before they won, you know, their, their NBA finals. You know, they were always never good in the playoffs. They just never had that playoff experience. You know, like the Rose and stuff, they, you know, you would never play well in the playoffs because you just didn't get that experience. And it's the same kind of thing that you can transfer over to, you know, all our sports, probably the same thing with you guys. It's just when you don't get that playoff experience, you're really hard to perform up. Yeah. yeah, we talked about this before another episode. Um, I told a personal story about this because you touched on something which is very true. And this is something that I really learned in my first year was never get too high, never get too low. Like there can be so many times where an athlete, like my first year, my like for example, my first year, um, there was there was one game that I started and I played. I wasn't playing really well, and then the fourth quarter I hit a couple of threes, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm like I was gassing myself. I'm thinking I'm gay, I'm great, and all this stuff. The next game I didn't play. So the biggest lesson I learned was like don't get too high, don't get too low. And you touch on it too. So the question I have for you is based off of your experience, like you said, you've been, I've never seen this your fifth year and you said you played a year before you went to Nipissing. What would be your number one word of advice you would give for an incoming first year on how to be a successful student athlete? I mean, the biggest thing is just be completely open. Just like come first year with absolutely no expectations. Just be open to learn. Like don't expect to play necessarily. Um, You know, like don't, you just have, just don't have any expectations on yourself. Just be completely ready to just take it all in. Cause you know, your first year, most people don't play. And that's just the reality of things, you know, unless you know, you're a number one recruit, you're not going to play. It's just simple as that. Um, but that's not a bad thing. You got to take that full year and just learn everything that you can. Like if you're not playing, that just gives you more time to learn. Simple as that. You can watch a lot of like, the big thing is just watching sports. You know, if you're on the bench and you're just paying attention to what's happening, 
automatically you're learning a lot more than almost the guys playing. So the guys playing, you're, you're playing, you're not thinking about things like that. When you're on the bench, you get to think. So the big thing is, of course, just pay attention. Um, and that's one of those things where, you know, I, when I was, you know, much younger and I, you know, I, like, I remember, you know, kind of grade seven, grade eight, I didn't make the volleyball team. I was terrible, I was absolutely terrible. But, you know, I, I was always kind of paying attention and I was able to make the practice teams. And then slowly I started to get better. And then by 16 you, you know, I made the competitive, you know, I played club and everything. And then, you know, I started to play it much better, but, you know, I never had kind of the expectation of, Oh, I need to play well. It's kind of like, all right, like I just want to get better. And the big thing is just watching a lot of, you know, just watching sports, you know, watching your teammates, watching, you know, professional higher level. And, you know, when you're coming in the first year and you're, you know, you're coming in, if you're not like necessarily, let's say a star recruit and you're not playing, the, the sport that you're going to watch compared to what you played in club, it's going to be a much higher level. Like, you know, volleyball and youth sports is completely different than volleyball and club. So just having that, being able to watch, you know, guys playing at a higher level than you, you're going to learn just so much from that. And, you know, and then after that, when you start, you know, getting a little bit more comfortable with the kind of system that, you know, you know, university sports kind of run, you can get a lot more comfortable and all of a sudden, you know, you can start transferring a lot of skills that, you know, you've watched, you've learned, you've practiced. And then all of a sudden, you know, next thing you know, once you hit the court, you're ready to play. I love that. And Jason, just to sum it up, man, we hear all the time, man, turning losses into lessons, man. Like there's, there's so many times I made the same mistake that like Jeremy was talking about. Like I came to first year trying to have expectations say, okay, you got to average this amount of points and this amount of rebounds. You touched on Jeremy. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Because because the moment that you don't reach it, then the self-doubt comes. And that's what happened to me. I'm thinking, like, man, like, am I really that good? Or man, like, do I really deserve to be here? Because like I said, you put that expectation. So I mean, it's fine to have expectation in terms of okay, I want to play well. So there's a difference. Like you can say, I want to play well, and then say, like, okay, I gotta average this amount of points. There's a big difference. Like if we're talking about a basketball aspect, for example, you can say, I want to play well by saying, I'm gonna do what coach tells me to do in terms of okay, you need to, I want you to either one rim one, I need you to rebound, I need you to hit open shots, I need you to talk, I need to play defense. Whatever the case may be, it can be the same thing involved, but like, hey, whatever, you, if you got to call mine and stuff like that, like there's the difference between playing well and having your own personal expectations, saying, okay, I need to average this amount of points or versus your volleyball, I think it's, I need to have this amount of kills or something like that, right? So like, I think it's, I think I really love what you said because like, some, sometimes like a lot of people come in thinking, like you said, you're a big shot in high school, you think you can just translate over that to um, university and just go like, just come in with the open mind and just put your head down to work hard. So I love that you said that. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, oh, and I'll try out of what you, what you were saying about like, kind of like, you know, expectation of point, let's say like points per game kind of thing like that. And, you know, you can have a good game and not necessarily have the best stats kind of thing. Yeah. Like you can have a huge impact on your game like, and have a huge impact on your team. You can help your team win. Like I've had games where, Let's say I, you know, I haven't really, I didn't really score much. And, you know, I, I remember two years ago, I had one game against Western where I didn't really score at the net. I didn't really do that. But I, what I did is I went on the service line and I think I served probably about 30 balls that game. I went on like two 11 serving point runs and, you know, like I, I was terrible. Like I just didn't have any kind of offense, but I still was able to find other ways to kind of, and when you look at the stats, it's like, stats weren't great. You know, if I look back at the game of stats, it's like, you wouldn't notice that, you know, I really had an impact on the team. Right. But like, if you look at the game tape, all of a sudden you kind of see a different kind of story to it. So I think the big thing is sometimes just don't focus on the stats kind of thing. It's a lot of people do focus, you know, you want this amount of points, you want this amount of assists. And it's like, just focus on your game, just play exactly. like your game. And like the stats will come no matter what, like some days are worse than others. Like, you know, everyone, no one is perfect when you're playing sports. Like I'll have games where, you know, you just don't play well. And you have some games where you play really well. It's, you know, you get both. 
and you just got to not, you know, necessarily, you want those, you know, you want to be, no, you always want to play the best you can, of course. You're never thinking about that, but I don't think you should ever chase for like the stats. Yeah, chase the W. <laughs> That's exactly. literally it. Yeah, I said it before, like, once again, basketball, like, you can average 25 points per game, and then your team's the worst team the only way, or you can, you can average nine points, four rebounds, three assists, two blocks. You come off the bench, your team's like 17 and five. You guys have a chance to win a championship. Which one do you want? Like, oh, yeah, it's like when you, you guys with basketball, you guys know for sure with Carlton. If you look at Carlton, like, none of those guys are top, necessarily top scorers. Like, none of those guys are averaging more than 20 points a game. But all those guys are averaging at least like 12 to 15. Yeah, 10, 12, 15. You know, it's a different thing. Like, none of those guys, like, if you look at their numbers, like, none of those guys are like, I pop it. Or level caliber. But as a team, it's their numbers are phenomenal because, you know, you just, it, you know, it's an individual in a team sport has like, it's really, you got to separate that. And you know, it's, that's why, like, a team like Carlton does well against NCAA teams. Look at NCAA, they focus on the individual, not the team. Mm-hmm. You get that big difference, and that's why you know a team like Carlton is. Hey, like Carlton, they don't have necessarily NCAA level players, but their team wise is NCAA level. So, yeah, and we talked about it too. Like the good thing about Canadian sports is that, or university sports is that, like you have the opportunity to build that camaraderie. Because, like you said, like when you're in the states, like a lot of people, especially with basketball, like, I know a lot of people that go to D1 that come back because they're chasing the name that's on the jersey, or they're chasing the cash that comes with being a D1 player. The problem though is that people are so fixated on saying, "Oh, I went D1" or stuff, but like. But did you play? Like, did you actually get better? Like, did you actually go to a place where you're actually going to be able to have an environment where they're actually going to push you to be better? Or are you just going to be there because the name on your chest and you can brag to say, well, I want you to be on the bench. It's like, so the good thing about Canadian sports is that there's not really a hidden agenda because people are actually here to get an education. So the good thing about it is that you actually have an opportunity to build a camaraderie because some guys are usually going to be here for three, four, five years. Whereas if you look at, you know, in the States, it can be like football, basketball, whatever case it be. Like, people are there for like maybe one year, two years tops. And they're gone because they're trying to go to league. Like, so a lot of guys like, are really focused on on themselves because they know that, hey, like, why do I got to really care about the team? Like, I, I know I'm going number one in the draft. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're going to still be here. Like, I know I'm going to league, right? So, and that's what I love about Canadian basketball or Canadian football or all these sports. It's like, yo, like, people don't have that mentality because people are actually here to get education. So you're actually going to have an opportunity to build those relationships. And no one's really going to have those hidden agendas. Like, okay, I'm trying to, like, people are obviously going to aspire to go pro. But when you're in your first, second, third year, like you're not thinking like that because you're actually trying to like get better and win, right? You're not trying to go to the league after or go pro after, right? So that's Yeah, it. exactly. I think like for us, like playing pro is kind of a second, you know, idea. Like for myself, you know, it's like something I want to do, but that's not my, my focus. My focus here is like, first of all, you know, education, of course, and then, you know, play for, you know, Mythicing. That's my goal right now is I want to win, you know, I want to win a national championship, of course. Like that's, that's my goal. Playing pro, I don't, you know, I couldn't care if I don't, if I don't get a pro contract, like, you know what, I'll, I'll deal with it then. Like when I'm actually done with, you know, volleyball, then okay, maybe I'll like, I'm going to look for a contract. If I don't get one, I don't really care. Like in the end, like I came out, I'm going to come out with a degree and, you know, I, I already have all that stuff going for me. Like I don't need to go play pro to kind of prove myself. No doubt. Like what you've been hearing so far? Make sure to follow us on IG at Lakers Locker Room and subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're at it, where you can find clips of all our episodes and video content associated with the podcast. Part two of the Lakers Locker Room starts now. Teaching. So you're obviously in your first year at, um, you know, B-Ed, and we talked a little bit off it before we come to air, but what, what made you want to become or try to pursue becoming a teacher? Yeah, for sure. So 
So I've, I've always gone for like a lot of different like kind of career options. Like I, like before I went, came to NIP, I did one year like in paramedics in, uh, in college. And that was all, that was something I really wanted to do back then. Um, but I think the more that I've kind of gotten older and kind of played volleyball and like now with my age, especially with like my, my, so I have a summer job where like I get to kind of teach people, like I kind of, I sell golf clubs, but a lot of times I end up actually teaching people how to swing a golf club. You know, I'm not necessarily a good golfer, but kind of just getting that experience of teaching people how to do things, like it's kind of brought out like a, kind of a passion in me. Um, so it's kind of passion in teaching and coaching where, you know, I've seen a lot of things where, you know, I remember when I graduated high school, a lot of things like in high school don't prepare you for university. You know, it's just like they, I remember in high school, they're like, oh yeah, university is going to be way harder and all that. And the reality is I, I found high school was harder. Um, and the reason for that is university, it's completely individual. It's you're down to yourself. It's one of those things where, you know, like if you hand something in late, teacher doesn't care. Like they'll just, they'll just take a grade off or something. Like it's kind of a, you know, they're not there. So like they're, they're, they, as a thing, they do care for you. Like that's one thing I do like about Nipissing compared to, you know, let's say a bigger school. Like if I went to Ottawa, you would be a little different. Um, like here they definitely do like they know you by name they definitely do care like you know they'll, they'll kind of wonder what's going on if you hand something in late like that and you don't usually do it they'll be like okay what's going on um, but in general naturally university is very individual um, it's kind of you're down to yourself you're 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 in your own um, and it's something that like high school doesn't prepare you for um, you know high school is always okay when you get to university teachers are just going to ask to do this and the reality is no when you, once you get to university like teachers you know, they're there to teach you and that's pretty much it like a lot of them do care about you doing well but they're not going to chase after you and i think that's the same thing when you look at club sports and let's say university sports it's club sports you know your coach your, your parents are paying for the coach but the coach has to coach you once you get to university the coach doesn't have to coach you if he doesn't want to you know he can cut you off the team he doesn't care and it's kind of the thing where you have to realize what you're doing now it's like you have to actually focus on what you're doing you have to push yourself they kind of prove that you should be on that team. Same thing in class. You got to prove yourself that, you know, you're, you should graduate. You should do well in school. Um, and I think, you know, that's kind of one by teach, like trying to teach that a little bit more in high school. That's kind of what I want to do is kind of get people ready to kind of, you know, transition between kind of high school, university, or also kind of transition them, like if they don't want to go to university. Because that's the big thing is a lot of people push, you have to go to university. In the reality, you don't. You can go to college, get a career. Like I know a lot of my friends went to college and they're already working careers, making great money. So it's kind of like, you don't have, you, you got to find everyone's individual and you got to find what everyone wants to do. And I think like, that's the big thing is kind of, you know, when you're teaching, like, of course you have this stuff that you have to teach, but everyone's individual. You got to kind of teach everyone a little bit differently and kind of, you know, let them create their own expectations for themselves. Like don't push them to do anything just let them, you know, find what they want to do. No doubt. I'm pretty, I'm curious, guys, this question just pops in my head because everyone's really different. Like, I know my answer, but I'm curious for you. When you were in high school, um, which, what, or even elementary, which type of teachers were you more drawn to in terms of, like, that helped you with success? The ones that were super strict or the ones that were, like, really personable, like, really used, like, real-life stories to connect with you? Like, which one for you did you prefer when you were younger? I definitely like the teachers that like, like I wouldn't necessarily they were super strict. I like the ones that, like you said, a lot more personable. Um, there's a difference between someone teaching and just kind of reading what they teach, what they have to teach. You know, anyone can teach what they have to teach. It's in the end, like you have a curriculum, like you're just teaching, like, you know, what, the, what pretty much what the, the Ontario government tells you to teach. Anyone can really do that. The hard part of teaching is teaching it and getting, you know, people to be engaged, getting people to enjoy what you're teaching. 
Um, you know, and then you get some teachers, like I remember in high school, you have some teachers that are all, of course, they love what they're teaching. They have a passion for it. And for myself, I have a passion for sports. I have a passion for this. So for me, like this, I have a passion. So of course I want to teach people about my passion. That's kind of, once you have a passion for something, you're going to want to tell everyone about it. And that's kind of, that's a, a kind of speaking on that last question too, is why I want to teach. If you have a passion and I'm not, I don't want to keep it for myself. I kind of want to, you know, grow passion with other people. And, you know, like if it's grow passion volleyball, I can do that. If it's, you know, another sport, if they want to, you know, grow passion basketball, I can do that too. You know, it's, it doesn't really matter what it is. Uh, the problem is a lot of teachers, you know, they struggle to kind of, they don't, they're not necessarily passionate about what they're teaching. It's a job for them, a lot of them, you know, and I think there's a big transition nowadays with teachers, you know, there's a big transition because of COVID, you know, a lot of older teachers are retiring and a lot of newer teachers coming in. That's a big thing. A lot of newer teachers do have that passion and, you know, it, it kind of shows and it kind of helps, you know, kids kind of grow, kind of really mature. You know, get from that level of being a kid to being an adult. So. Yeah, and I've always, and when I was in high school, I really, I didn't, I didn't hate strict teachers because sometimes it is needed because it depends on the the demographic of the classes. There might be some classes where like you have like a lot of personalities like all over the place, and you might need to be strict though. So I didn't mind it, but I definitely did. I definitely really did connect to the one, especially my last, my second last year of high school. Like I really did connect to a certain teacher who was really personable like you really use a lot of real life stories to really connect with you because when you're like 16 17 years old like sometimes when they're teaching us the subject it's like okay like you said like you're just reading off the board reading off the computer it's like okay but then when they actually real life experience it's like okay like it actually makes sense because you're about to go in university you're about to go in that different aspect of your life so they kind of like relate into that sense where they're like oh like okay that actually kind of makes sense so I really appreciate like you really talking about it because I've also said this too if you have the knowledge about any topic share it like yes. there's no use in having the knowledge and then keeping it for yourself because okay what good are you if you're you've been blessed to have this knowledge but you're not able to share it to the next generation like what are you really doing like are you really using the knowledge that was meant because knowledge is really meant to give back to other people and keep sharing it right the more knowledge people have like the better right like if you're a type of person that wants to keep getting all this stuff what is like knowledge or money what it keeps me keep it yourself and like what good are you you know what I'm saying? Like, what good are you if you're going to have all this stuff and not share it? Like, I don't understand why some people don't do that. Um, Jason, I also want to ask you this too, because I want to ask the same question. Like, which teachers for you personally, did you, uh, like, were you more like, kind of, you can relate to like the strict ones or like the ones that can like really tell like personal stories and stuff like that for you? Like, which ones was more effective for you? Well, I, I think it's more about, it's are they strict or don't care? Because I've had personable teachers who don't care about teaching and I've had personable teachers who are strict. So, I, I would say I would say that getting a little bit of both someone who is able to know the line of okay I can be personal with you and be able to talk to you as a person not just a student but can also be like you know but lay the hammer down and be like okay hey, you got to get your work done stop you know goofing off and get stuff done like um probably one of my favorite teachers of all time was like that like you'd be like best friends with her but she'll be the first person to tell you what you're doing wrong and what you need to fix and no holds back. And sometimes you need that. It's, you know, tough love, but it's how you grow as a person. Yeah, no doubt. Jamie, I know this is a forward looking question, but um, obviously, first of all, what, what type of subject are you trying to teach? Yeah, so for myself, like right now, I'm, just, uh, I'm my teaching stream is just phys ed. Um, but I also, I could teach also history. Um, and then French second language, that's kind of like I can teach like, let's say like French immersion. Uh, but right now it's mostly phys ed, but I do, I can do also history and, and French also if I need to. Um, for me, I don't know, I'd rather not do French. I'm just not really a languages person. Like I was never really good at it. It's just, 
so obviously I'm French, so I'm able to do it. But uh, history is a little bit different. History is one of those things I like just because um, it's history is very subjective. Everyone can, you know, you can look back at history and everyone will have a different opinion on it. And that's what I love about it. I mean, that's the, you know, sometimes it's, you know, there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer necessarily. It's, you can, you can look back at history and you have a different opinion. You know, history is history. Like you, you're not going to change it too much, but let's say, you know, you can have a different view. You can say, oh no, that was wrong or that was right. And is one right or is one wrong? We don't know. And that's the great thing. And that's what I love about it. It's completely different per person. Yeah, no doubt. I know, I know this is a forward looking question, but say when you're all, once all said that, like you're done teaching, you retired, and obviously people look back and say what type of teacher you were. So I guess Phil, I felt this sense for me. Mr. Mr. Murray was a teacher who blanked. Like how do you want, how, how, how would you feel that? How would you finish that sentence for how you want, how you want students to remember you as a teacher? I'd probably put a teacher who cared, as simple as that. Because when you say a teacher who cares, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like we're talking about strict or personable, like it doesn't really matter. Like you can be strict and personable. You can be just strict. You can be just personable. But the big thing is a teacher who cares can be either of those, but you, he's going to be a good teacher no matter what. Um, because if you care about what you're teaching, if you care about your students, if you care about, you know, the subjects and everything, like, it, you know, the, the, at the end, all it's going to come down is that the students, if they care about learning. You know, as a teacher, all you want to do is you want to give the students all the tools that they need, you know, to kind of help them grow, help them learn. And yeah, they, you know, the teachers, like the students, if they don't, if they don't want to listen, they're not going to listen no matter what. You know, like you can try your hardest to really push them. And the thing is, it's like sometimes you can almost push, try to push them too hard and that kind of turns them away. You want to make sure to kind of find that balance between, you know, you want to make sure that they know that you're there if they need it. But, you know, you don't, you know, in the end of the day, like some, some people just don't like learning. Simple as that. Some people don't like school and that's okay. They, they might like something else, you know, like if someone doesn't like school, but they like, let's say, you know, they want to go into like some kind of trade or something, you know, that's also a good thing. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, a lot of, I know a lot of, you know, my friends from high school, they went to trades, you know, they didn't like school, but they, you know, they love to work with their hands and, you know, they're making great money now. So, you know, I think the big thing is just as long as you show that you care and kind of, you know, at the end of the day, high school, like you have to take high school, you have no choice, you know, that's kind of how it is. And, you know, I feel like a lot of kids, if they, they had the choice, they wouldn't do it. So you just want to make sure that it, they feel comfortable, you know, throughout their, you know, up to grade 12. And then once they graduate, then they decide what they want to do. Yeah. And I think also, too, like before we get to quick hitters, is like as a teacher, and I've really noticed it, too, like I think also an important thing about being a teacher is that you find what students are really good at, like pushing towards that, right? Like I said, not, it's not always where student of uh, some like I said not every kid's like school so not every kid's gonna try to be academia right so some school some yeah. students like sports some students like you said might want to do trade some students are really good at art right they might want to do that right so I think as a teacher and I really appreciate some of them do this like find whatever your students are really passionate about just push them to be that's kind of like a parent right like you don't always if you're an athlete like, you don't always want to say like for me like when I have kids I don't want to say oh I want you to play basketball it's like listen whatever they might be good at art okay you know, buy, you know, buy them some pastels and buy them stuff to be good at art, right? Or they might be into photography. Okay, buy them a camera, right? Like, I think it kind of ties into both being teacher and like a parent in terms of whatever your students are really passionate about, like go push them towards that. And I think those those are the type of teachers that really have the, the most resounding impact and the ones that have students come back to say hello is because like they actually saw what they were interested about and actually put everything towards helping them, you know, see that vision, right? Because sometimes some teachers are just trying to say, um, oh, like I want you to do this or I want you to do that, or you should go to this school, go to that school. It's like, find what the student's good at, find what the student's passionate about, and just push them to be that. 
And I think the more teachers that do that, I think that it's going to be really better because a lot of students are really going to feel the impact of having teachers that maybe that might switch their some like some of those kids like you said that don't like school maybe they all of a sudden do like school because there's teachers like that they know when they go to school there's actually teachers that actually care about them and it's actually going to push them to do what they want to do rather than trying to force them to be in the system and try to live up to society's expectations of what a good academia is or whatever the case may be um, yeah and like to add like a personal experience on that like i didn't want to go to university like i graduated high school i no no i didn't want to go to university at all I wanted to go to college like it was either going to be trades or you know like I wanted to go into paramedics so that's what I did uh, and then the reason why I came to university was pretty much sports um, I was recruited here and then I like last minute I decided to go to college after a semester of college I was regretting it so bad like I love I love my program in college like I loved it but I just regretted I wanted to play university sports and I, I'll be honest like my first two years of phys ed I didn't like I was not a big fan of it. Like, yeah, I found it boring. Like a lot of stuff that I, were, I was taking phys ed, I had already learned in college, like physiology, anatomy, all that stuff. I already learned. So I, I put zero effort and, you know, my grades were not great either. Um, but then all of a sudden, kind of third, fourth year hit. And all of a sudden, like you kind of get a choice in your classes. And, you know, I started taking, like, I took a coaching class, took all of that. And all of a sudden, like a lot of things that, you know, I didn't think I was interested first. And all of a sudden, you know, I started, you know, started to get interested. And, that's one of those things where not only like it's also I come down to I was just maturing also um but it's just like sometimes you know sometimes the first you know year or two of university might not be the best but all of a sudden you know you get your third and fourth year and all of a sudden it's something that you're super interested in something that you have a passion in so like a big thing is sometimes you never know like sometimes you might not something that you might not like at first will turn into something that you really do enjoy no doubt well Jeremy man I really enjoyed this conversation, man. Like, so thank you so much for coming out. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate, you know, just your knowledge about everything. Like you really had a different outlook and a lot of things I never thought about. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. I think I think it speak for Jason too, which is yes. Yeah, so now we're getting to our quick hitters. So this is the part of the podcast where we ask our guests a question that's answered as fast as possible. So Jason, you have the questions ready? All right. Yes, All right. sir. Okay. So Jeremy, first question, who's your favorite musical artist? Oh God, <laughs> too many. I can't even think of one right now. Um, I'll go J. Cole. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, artist or a song you have on repeat? First song on repeat? God. Man, why you do the music choices here? Like I got like 3,000 songs on my, my phone here. I don't even, I don't even know. Um, man. Uh, I can't even think of one right now, honestly. Like, I'll be honest, like, I can't even think of a single song. It's all good. <laughs> you said J. Cole, like, any Bobby's new album, like, Pride is the Devil, like, any, any new songs? Or... Man, I'll be honest with you, I'm terrible with song names in general. Like, I'm just not good with those. So I just listen to music. I don't, like, I don't really necessarily follow, like, the names of the songs or anything. I just kind of chill. Okay, well, this one might be a hard one for you, but, uh, all-time favorite album? All-time favorite album? Um... Um, man, this one's tough actually. Um, maybe graduation, Kanye West, probably. Woo! Oh, cool. Wow, bangers and album. <laughs> How your favorite athlete? Favorite athlete? Jerome McGinley. He was my favorite athlete growing up. Oh, okay. Fire um, Flames. Okay. Um, last show you binge watched. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay. okay. 
If you could spend a day with someone dead or alive, who would it be? I don't know. Keanu Reeves, probably. This is a personal one for me, so I have no idea how you get into it. So, Jeremy, do you like pineapple on your pizza? No. No. No way. Oh, yeah. It's another one in the books, Dejan. Check that <laughs> off. I think I think I'm still leaving, though, but we'll, we'll, we'll do that uh, later on. Okay. Next question. Next question. <laughs> okay. Uh, milk before cereal or cereal before milk? Cereal before milk, of course. Okay. How, how, how much milk do you know you need? Like, you got to put your cereal first and then... Dejan, man, how, how do you know? You just know. Like, you just know. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Like I, I, I'm the guy who I don't put much, much milk anyways. I just put a, like I just put just enough because like or else you put too much and it gets soggy. So. Oh, yeah, no, no, no soggy cereal. Load it up, load it up. No. Uh, next question. What's one thing people don't know about you? Uh, oh man, this is a good one. Uh, I'm trying to think. Let's see. Let's see how old, how 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 old of, of story I can go. Um way back in the day this was like elementary school i used to i used to you know used to be like a lead singer in the choir you know back in the day wow okay <laughs> elementary school it was it was great okay you got vocals still oh god um, i mean not great but i Can mean we get a mariah carry high note oh no whoa. oh god no <laughs> oh god no oh god no <laughs> no no <laughs> All right. What's your favorite sports movie? Favorite sports movie? Uh, Blindside. Great movie. What is that? It's a football movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question. What's one? Coach, Coach Carter would be second. Hmm? Coach Great Carter would be second. Oh, yeah. loves Coach Carter. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, next question. What's one skill you wish you were good at? One skill I wish I was good at. Uh, man, probably remembering people's names. Really? Oh, I'm terrible at it. Oh, so you know what I mean, Jason? You already forgot our names. <laughs> well, I can see your name at the bottom, so kind of helps I mean, take on Yeah, and I know your name. I'm just saying, like, it's just, like, just one of those skills where, like, I don't know how people just, like, they hear a name once and just remember it. Like, I'm really good at, like, remembering if I drive somewhere, I can remember how to get there. But, like, yeah. your name? No, no way. Like, that good memorization, that's one thing that, like, I wish I just had. Yeah, that's one thing I was good at since I was a kid. My dad used to, because I used to play um, soccer. So my dad would actually, when I was, even when I was like six, my dad would be like, hey, what's that kid's name again? Like, I would actually remember everyone's name. Like, I was always good at that. Like, I'm very good at that. Oh, that was terrible. Hey, John, bro, your memory is insane. You like, can you can bring up a song, like, from, like, 1992. And you'll be like, yo, can you tell me a little bit about this? I'll know the artist, the feature, the producer, the year okay, it came I'm, out. I'm but I'm very good at remembering lyrics. I'm very good at remembering names. I'm creepily i'm it's creepy but i'm very good at remembering people's birthdays like and when i was in fourth grade there was um there was a graphic there was like balloons like january February, march and i would actually study it every day so even to this day people who i haven't seen in seven years like i still know their birthdays That's oh crazy. man dude i can i can barely remember my family's birthdays some days <laughs> oh, like, I, I i i always i always end up remembering it so like i never have to worry about actually forgetting them but like some days i'm just like if you ask me the question quickly i'm like uh i gotta think of it yeah, yeah. Like, and i'm also very good at marrying license plates I'm very good. Yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm good at, like, visually, I'm good at remembering people's faces. I'm good at remembering, like, if I drive somewhere once, again, like I said, I can drive there pretty much. I don't need any GPS. I can remember exactly visually. Like, I can close my eyes and visualize exactly every single turn, but exactly, yeah, I can't remember a name. 
Me too. It's bad. And I, I also remember, I don't know if you can do this too, like I also remember like what people are wearing. I'm very good at remembering jerseys. For some reason, people can't remember jersey numbers. Like sometimes people like don't remember people's jerseys. Like I remember people's jersey numbers. Like, I don't know why. No, I can't. I can't remember okay. that stuff. Don't you wear number nine? No, I, no, you don't. You don't wear number nine, do you? What number you wear? Uh, me? Oh, I've been all over the place. I've wore seven, I've wore five, I've wore nine. Oh, you have worn nine. Okay. Yeah, I've kind of just changed every year. Like, I don't know. I don't really have a specific number I like. I kind of just switch it up. So I don't... Yeah, I'm switching, I'm switching to 12 this year. I, was wearing, I wore 13 my first year, but he's gone now, so I'm changing to 12. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jason, you got question number 12. Okay, so in an alternate universe slash timeline, it's the same you but like different life path at any point in your life, what would you be doing? What was something you would change? If it was different me, I'd probably be, I'd probably be in some kind of career. Like I'd probably be in, in some kind of like uh, trades or something, probably. Okay. Like, I don't know. Uh, go, go, go. I don't know, like probably, I don't know. Uh, I'm like electrician or something like that, I don't know. Anything with kind of manual, any kind of manual work probably. Okay. Cool. Uh, final question. If you could tell your 18-year-old self one word of advice, what would it be? And it doesn't actually have to be just a word. Like, it can be like a phrase. Like, sometimes people Yeah, say, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think right now. Uh, this is helpful. Um, I'm just trying to think of exactly what I would say. Um, probably the, the biggest thing I would do is ask for help. That's, that's the biggest thing I would tell my 18-year-old self. Ask for help. Something I still struggle with, even down to this day, but you know, I think, you know, if it's something that I would have figured out, you know, when I was 18, I think it would have helped a lot. How old are you now, by the way? Pardon? How old are you now? I'm 23. 23? 23. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Oh, so what are you, what are you, 98? Yeah, I'm 98. So not too old, but we're getting there. You two is, you two, you two is, you're two years older than me, Jason, so like, it's all good. Yeah, we're good, we're good. Yeah, no, no. That's all the time that we have. So, Jeremy, man, appreciate you coming on, man. Really enjoyed your stories. Really yeah, enjoyed. no, it's fun. Thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, I'm glad you guys had me on. Always a good time. Nah, no doubt. And that's a wrap on another edition of the Lakers Locker. I want to thank our guest, Jeremy Murray, for joining us. You can find the videos in on YouTube and listen to full into all podcast streaming platforms. Peace. <laughs>